Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks family. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very eventful 201st episode of Real Hawk Talk. The last time we spoke to you, we thought we had done it all. We thought we had seen it all. We brought you Katie Nolan. We brought you Mina Kimes. We brought you Joe Fan. But the Seahawks decided to one-up all of that with a blockbuster today. And we are here to talk to you about the fact that they signed Sean Desai as a new coach. No, uh, they have traded the best quarterback in the history of the franchise today uh report from adam schefter is that seahawks have traded russell wilson to the denver broncos for two first round picks two second round picks a fifth round pick and three players including drew Locke, who we all i can guarantee you will hope is not the quarterback of the future for this team so um we're going to go immediate reactions. We only got Evan for a short bit of time before he's going to drop off and hopefully come back. Um, so Evan, I'm going to go right to you. How are you feeling, dude? I'm broken. I'm, I'm, I'm really devastated. This is, it goes without saying the end of um, the most successful era of Seattle Seahawks football. And I just really, really did not think it would come to an end like this. This is, um, this is a pivotal moment for this franchise. 
It is the biggest risk they have taken, I think, in franchise history. I think you can confidently say that. Um, it's not typical or traditional uh, to trade away franchise quarterbacks. And for all of Russell's um, fair criticism that we've levied at him over the past several years, he's still you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's only two years removed from, you know, being an MVP front, front runner halfway through the year. So this is the biggest bet this franchise has ever made. Um, I want to be hopeful that this is going to work out, but I, 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 it feels like very slim odds that this will prove to be um, a positive move for them. Uh, you would have hoped that with trading away, you know, a top five quarterback in the NFL, that it would at least yield three first round picks. And it didn't. We got two firsts, two seconds, and three players, it sounds like Noah Fant, that edge rusher, and then Drew Locke. So yeah, Shelby Harris is the the third player. Guys, I'm stunned. I'm 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 like we were just Brian and I were talking before the show opened. I'm I'm struggling to process this. I don't know where this franchise goes from here. Um, this is Pete Carroll and John Schneider cannot afford a down year this year, especially off the back of last year. So they've put all the chips on themselves and it's ride or die at this point. So I'm stunned. Jeff. Yeah. I, I got to echo everything Evan said and I think the trade looks really light to me. And I was, everything that I was hearing that people I talked to, I thought there was always a possibility that they were going to trade him next year. I thought the contract with Rodgers, I thought that was a bad sign for Russell's future in Seattle, seeing that he got 50 million a year. I never thought that John and P would be comfortable handing out a contract like that. So I always thought a trade was going to be set up next year where the quarterback class is pretty good. But I think what Evan says is true. I think the starting point should have been three first-round picks. And just looking at the trade, I just see a lot of mixed messaging going on with the franchise that I can't really wrap my head around, which is why I'm kind of in shock. Like, there's a lot of things where, like, they made those defensive hirings, which set up for a kind of win-now season. And Ray Anderson wrote a story yesterday about how like, they're preparing a run at Chandler Jones or Von Miller. And so either something was happening behind the scenes or maybe Russell just pushed for this trade. but it just seems a little light to me. You got two first round picks coming. One will be ninth overall in this draft, which is a chance to get you a pretty good player, which is funny because, but now it's like, okay, now you have Jamal Adams. Do you trade him now? Do you, what happens with Bobby Wagner now? Do you cut him? What happens with Dwayne Brown now? Why are you getting a backup quarterback and a 30 year old edge setting defensive lineman? I just don't understand the mixed mess. Like you've been trying to sign Quandre Diggs for the last week, DJ Reed. Do you want to come back with Drew Locke and a rookie at quarterback? I don't really understand. If you're going to go all in and rebuild, I'm totally fine with that. But a lot of their moves this offseason, just the way things have been talked about and set up, have not set up that way. Because, Brian, we talked about rebuilding and why that would have made sense a lot last year. But to me, this does seem a little light. There's Denver did have two second-round picks this year because of the Von Miller trade. So you might have some a lot of picks in this draft, which is – a good second round, but not a great draft. And their top 10 pick, there's not a lot of studs. So it's hard to see how they couldn't do better than this. It makes me wonder what the plans are for DK Metcalf. Is he in the cards? 
You're going to pay him 23. Are you going to pay him 23, 24, 25 million dollars a year to catch passes from Drew Locke? Does he want to sign for 23, 20? So that that's uh, let's get to that in a second. I I mean, I think um, I'll just tell you. I mean, you guys are going down in all the the analysis route. I'm just going to tell you emotionally where I was. Like um, when I first heard about it, first of all, I was like working on (laughs) like home improvement stuff and like in the middle of like 17 different things. And my head was nowhere about the Seahawks to be totally honest. And so when I heard the news, my first thought, my very first thought is I don't trust John and Pete to have gotten a good deal. That was my very first thought. Like I'm preparing myself to see a bad return. Um, my second thought was, Oh, Denver's interesting. Um, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. You know what this means downstream for Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff that was going on. Um, and then it was, wow, they did it. Like, uh, Russell's gone and assuming he approves the trade, which we should all just reiterate, he has no trade clause and he has to approve the trade. Um, and you know, I'm sad to see him go, you know, I I think, um, he's been the best quarterback we've ever seen play in Seattle and was at the helm for the most successful portion of the franchise's history and you know helped the team get its first Super Bowl and almost second Super Bowl ring and um yeah you know I I just think as we talked about so much during this season this past season I, I think the Seahawks have a really tough road to hoe from where they were last year to being a Super Bowl contender um, I think they were helped by how bad the NFC looks like it might be, um, this coming season, but I had been a proponent of them just cleaning house, like making every, having everybody go. And if not that I was a proponent of trading Russell, but for me, three first round picks is like the minimum bar, like for a franchise quarterback. So, um, getting into the actual returns, there's not any of these players. I mean, Noah Fant is a good player and that that's, that's, that's good. Um, but Shelby Harris is nothing. He's 30. Like he's a nothing, you know, if, if they had said Nick Chubb, you know, if they said Patrick Sertain, like they had said yeah. someone who was another cornerstone player, I'd feel a little different. Um, so yeah, I, 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 this doesn't feel like a good deal at the same time. Guys, I think we have to come to grips with the fact that this might have been the best deal they could get. Like, I don't know that Russell's trade value is what we all think it should be or that people value him the way we think they should. So, yeah, that was kind of my, you know, just initial off the cuff. And that was the other thing is I don't for a second believe Drew Locke is their quarterback plan. And if they try to sell that and if they actually do that, then this is an F triple F minus move like this is you are a terrible you need to be fired like that's how bad it would be my assumption is they have another move coming at quarterback they have another plan um, at quarterback last thing i'll say and then i'll hand back hand back to evan um when i was proposing that they move on from russell my thought was a full rebuild and i actually did not want them to then go out and spend and even draft 
their quarterback of the future right away in the, in the year one. I wanted them to actually build up the offensive and defensive lines and the other positions and get like they did before where you have a great roster and then to get a rookie quarterback or a rookie deal quarterback that can complement. I didn't care that there wasn't a great quarterback in this draft or maybe not in next draft. Two years from now, I would love them to draft their franchise quarterback and have four years of a rookie deal or five years of a rookie deal with that guy um, while you've built up a lot of talent in other places. So I don't think that's what they're doing with Pete and John here. I think they're going to try to com compete this and contend this year. So I do think guys like Deshaun Watson are in the conversation. Um, and I do think that there might be other moves at hand at the quarterback position. So uh, Evan, you know, <sighs> I mean, what, what now, now that it looks like this move is made, what do you want to see the Seahawks do? Um, yeah, I want to see them uh, reimburse me for my therapy appointments I'm going to be making over the next couple of weeks because uh, this is a real, I have a real hard time, you know, barring them, you know, selling out all their morals and trading for Deshaun Watson. I don't see how this team legitimately competes for a Super Bowl in the next few years. I, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about the quarterback class on this show multiple times. Like this is not the year to target a quarterback. Fans be, better be ready to dig in because this is, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time like rationalizing these two realities. Pete being almost being 70 years old, not sure if he's going to, you know, coach beyond his current extension and then just trading away Russell Wilson. Like, bro, what? That's the thing. It's mixed messaging. Like what are you telling me they are going? So how many years does Pete have left on his deal? Is it three years? Are you telling me the Seahawks are going to be legitimate contenders without Russell Wilson in the next three years? Are you kidding me? I, I just can't fathom it. I can't, I can't realistically see it. That's why I'm kind of confused because there, there, there seems just to be a clear win now mode. Like you have the cap room, you have the quarterback, you have Pete at 70 years old. It wasn't the best plan, but that plan made sense. Now it seems like they're caught in the middle of doing different things. And like, if you're going to go rebuild, blow it all up, like trade Jamal Adams, trade Bobby Wagner, cut Bobby Wagner, trade DK Metcalf. Well, now they're kind of caught in the middle. Well, so let's, let's, let's take a second and not assume the worst. I mean, as we all have started with this, is there another very plausible path here or, or scenario where Russell and his camp who quite honestly have instigated all of this made it clear behind closed doors. We will not, we're not going to sign an extension. This is our last contract with Seattle, no matter what you do, unless we win a super bowl this year, who knows something like that. And that Russell also limited the, the team that he would go to. Like maybe there wasn't a lot of options for the Seahawks to talk to about potential return. So if you're the Seahawks and you're in a situation where Russell's saying like, I'm not going to report to camp. You know, you, you like if, if he's making it clear, you want, you want me to be nice. I'll be nice until you trade me. And then here's the teams you can trade me to. Oh yeah. That's, I think that's a plausible scenario that like we should at least acknowledge this might not just be Pete and John being total idiots. My read of it is that they either like someone in this quarterback class there was a report that came out last week that they liked 
one of the quarterbacks who like I think Lane Kiffin coached and there was a picture with Pete and Lane at the scouting combine with the guy Matt Corral I think was his name Malik Willis is a guy that I can see John Schneider liking but another possible thought in my mind is next year's quarterback class is supposed to be really good they could be positioning themselves for a high pick next year because they're going to have Denver's first round pick as well but yeah Brian I, I think what you just said is right um, just reading stories, it seems like that Russell had a big control of where he was going to go. And he didn't want to go to the NFC East from what we understood. He wanted to go play in Denver. And if that's the case, and that's the only team he's willing to waive his clause for, that gives you a very weak negotiating. You're operating in a position of weakness, which is why I didn't think they would trade him. Because I figured if you're going to trade with Denver, maybe you get Patrick Sertan or Chubb or even like Javante Williams. I don't really understand. I understand why they traded him. I just thought they could have done a lot better. I mean, how could they have done better in this scenario that we're talking about? If you got Sertan and Chubb or Chubb. But if the Broncos know, because you know yeah, that that's the problem. You know that Mark Rogers isn't gonna just say, Yeah, I want my client to be traded to these teams. And by the way, I want you to trade your best players back. Like he's gonna basically give the Broncos all the ammunition he can. Yeah. so that they can give the smallest deal possible. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I think they could have been between a rock and a hard place on this one. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't think they'd trade him. But the um, common message I'm getting, I don't know if you're getting texts like this, is, like, I can't believe they chose a 70-year-old coach over a franchise quarterback. I think it's a much more complex situation yeah well let's let's take that at face value for a second i mean um let's assume that that i mean there's an assumption in there that there was a choice yeah so the assumption there is that mark rogers made it clear to ownership in some way that if pete and maybe john or one of the others still around we're not going to be here. Yeah. And ownership said, okay, see you later. Like, or we're going to let, we're going to let Pete make that call. So. That's a fence. I, I don't know how they got Jody Allen to sign off on this. I, I think I can. Yeah. I do. I mean, some of this comes down to my point of view on where Russell is as a player versus what I think maybe other folks see. Like, Oh, I bet you John has a similar view. Yeah, I I think so too. I I think that, that Pete and John have likely been very, especially John brutally honest about where Russell has fallen short and the types of hoops that they've had to jump through from a coaching perspective to put an offense out there that he can run um, effectively and that they've been, you know, doing their best to accentuate positives. And I think they also could have very easily started talking about how a lot of what made Russell special was his escapability and his ability to extend plays. And that as he's aging, you've talked about this, Jeff, like we talked about on here that that's diminishing. And so that there's not as much of a reason to believe that he is going to pick up new skills that allow him to excel as a 
aging quarterback and that this might be the peak of his value. And, you know, this is a roster that really needs blue chip players. And the only real move the Seahawks can make to get more blue chip players besides signing them via free agency is to trade their quarterback. Yeah. And I would also bet that in that sales pitch that they had a clear plan of how they were going to then address the quarterback position um, and what their plan was there. So that's what I would want to hear if I was Jody Allen and Burt Cold. Um, and, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't, to me, this was a 50-50. Like, I'm, I was pretty indifferent whether they kept him or not, to be totally honest. Um, I think he's shown a lot of warts. Um, yeah. And I do think this team needs a total makeover from a talent perspective and needs to get younger and needs draft talent. So, yeah, you know, um, I, I just think I, I wonder if, like, is it your perspective, Jeff, that, you know, if they kept Russell Wilson, that they're a Super Bowl contender next year if they made a couple moves? I thought they needed to have a great offseason to do that. And frankly, they haven't had a good offseason in almost 10 years. So I thought there was a chance, but something I taught, it was funny, I was actually planning to talk about this initially if we were going to do a show tonight, but something that I've been monitoring with agents is an agent told me this scenario actually was like Russell's camp was sort of waiting on what Seattle was going to do in this offseason. But one of the problems that Russell actually had created, so say you're Chandler Jones or you're Vaughn Miller. Are you going to sign with Seattle if you don't know if the quarterback's going to be there? So while Russell and his camp are watching the Seahawks moves, it's pretty hard to lure players in when you're – so they were kind of caught in this position where they really needed to sign guys because they didn't have the draft capital. So it was very unlikely they were going to be a Super Bowl contender. I thought they were built for a 9-10-1 season. So I can see why they just – maybe they felt like we're in no man's land here. Maybe they talked to agents at the combine. They're like, we're not going to be able to sign these guys. So – I get why you would trade Russell Wilson. That's not my issue. I, I'm a little caught on the return and why you're getting like a backup quarterback and a 30-year-old defensive lineman than anything else. But I, I was all year, I was open to the idea of trading Russell. I thought this was Russell's last season regardless once I saw that contract today and when I knew about next year's draft. So the scary part about this is now this becomes a really important draft for Josh Smith. They're going to have huge picks in big spot. Denver's, I think, second-round pick is right before Seattle, so I think they're going to have back-to-back picks in the second round. They're going to have a ninth overall pick. One of those is a quarterback. That's going to be a really interesting thing. They can get a left tackle. They can get a pass rusher. There's a lot of pass rushers at that spot. But now it becomes a huge draft, and really it's hard to have much faith in how this team's drafted the last 10 years. So – the return does seem light to me. That's that's kind of where my head is at. But I get why he's moved. I get why the whole thing didn't work because the team was sort of caught in this no man's land where they're half in, half out, and they had to choose a direction. And I'm very curious just what they do the rest of the offseason now because there's so many imaginations of their roster because they have a lot of key players about to become free agents next week. Do you think there's any chance that they will – package any picks to move up in the draft either to get multiple first round picks or to move number nine up higher is there a player worth doing that for see i don't think so the the thing about this draft that funny enough i 
this weekend I spent a lot of time watching the combine, learning the draft, thinking I was going to have to learn the second round and the third round. But the thing about this draft is there's no blue chip top flight players. Like it's a depth draft. There's good pass rushing depth. There's some good interior offensive linemen. There's a lot, there's a lot of receivers, but there's not that guy that you would move up for. And I think the Jacksonville, if they put this trade on the market, they have number one pick. I don't think there'd be a huge interest. So I think there's someone, maybe it's Malik Willis, the quarterback, who's the high upside player. That might make sense to pair him with Drew Locke. Or maybe they want an elite pass rusher and they don't think they can get one in free agency. But no, I don't see a guy that you move up for. And I, I think if anything, they should probably move down and accumulate more picks. Yeah, I don't, I would be concerned about the moving down from nine. Um, you know, uh, that's been our, you know, <laughs> regular conversation between you and I for years. Um, I'd rather them get, if it turns out that there's a premier cornerback, premier, you know, offensive tackle, premier edge rusher, and all three of them are available. John Schneider's usual move is to trade back and then get whichever one's available, you know, after he trades back a few picks. I want them to pick the best player on their board at that point. I want them to get the guy yeah. that they believe in the most, unless, you know, they really like, you know, they can't tell, they can't say for sure which one's best. Um, you know, I, those are three positions the Seahawks could use and upgrade and would save them some money on free agency. I think this is going to, I don't know what this does from a cap perspective for this year. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, they're going to have, <laughs> they got plenty of money to spend now. Um, that's no longer a problem for the Seahawks. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but I just, I think the ideal for me would be if they could find actually would be a, a left tackle. That so, would, yeah. Go ahead. It looks like they're going to save $11 million on the cap this year. This year. And then what about have to pay 26 million on their cap and not have Russell Wilson. Okay. And what, what happens happen. next, next year? Do you know? Well, the whole thing comes off now. Right. Yeah. So, so next year have... you would have had a hit of 40 million. That's all off. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of money gone. Um, and they were going to, yeah, they were going to have to extend them next year. It would have been a whole song and dance, but. Yeah. It's so, not great my... so that's where it's like, I'm kind of stuck. Like what do they do now? Well, you build a football team. Yeah. I mean, like, like $45 million this time. Yeah. Yeah. You get back to building a football team and where do you start when you're building a football team? Actually quarterback is not where you start, at least no, not I where I start. Sure. Left tackle is where you start when you're building a football team. And edge rush is right up there. Cornerback is right up there, but like build your trenches, build your offensive and defensive lines, build your secondary, right? Like, Maybe, maybe you get a young safety, so you're not paying Quandre Diggs. You know, I, I would not sign Quandre Diggs. I think it would be very stupid to pay at this point. Well, I mean, all that, all that assumes Jeff that they're not that they're going to roll with like Drew Locke at quarterback and not some better. No, I don't think they will. I think that Drew Locke is a throw-in. It's a high upside flyer. It's not yeah. going to work out. They they don't have to sign Geno Smith now. Right. Right. Well, that's the, real, that's the real upside of this whole deal, right? Yeah, you take Drew Locke, you, 
one of my my first thought was they might like Malik Willis and they might take a ninth overall. Maybe I'm wrong, but Malik Willis would pair well with Drew Locke because you can ease him into action and Drew Drew can be a, a placeholder in the meantime. Do you think that there's any chance that they make a offer for Gardner Minshew? I think I said it the other day, I think they should. I think he would be a much more logical placeholder and they have extra picks now. I yeah. It's going to be hard to get. I think it's going to be hard to get him out of there. I heard the coach at the combine say last week, he's been around Frank Reich his whole life and he knows like Frank Reich's like the ultimate backup quarterback. So they, so basically, with the way Jalen Hurts plays, was he was implying they need to have a good backup quarterback. So I think they're going to have a really high emphasis on him. But Minshew would be a much more logical stopgap than Drew Locke would. Drew Locke is a turnover guy. Like, he's like, he'll against everything. Pete, he's not the Pete Carroll quarterback at all. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I honestly I haven't watched enough Drew Locke to have a, he's really bad. A, a good scouting report on him, but everything I've seen and and looked at from a numbers perspective, this is not the guy. Like, he's just not the guy. So no, he's, he's I'm not even considering that. And at the same time, we have to be aware, like, this is a Seahawks team that initially traded for Charlie Whitehurst and thought he would be the guy and then tried to go with Tavares Jackson and thought he could be the guy. So they've made some blunders in terms of deciding who they thought they could get away with at quarterback before they found Russell Wilson. At the same time, People like to that that point all those things out. Forget that the Seahawks did also really want. We're interested in Josh Allen. We're interested in Patrick Mahomes. Like we're interested in Andy Dalton. Well, so it's that. not like they have no ability to identify quarterback talent, but they've had some pretty ugly misses um, over the years, and some just to use Pete word Pete's words, arrogance in terms of what they can do with a you know game manager at quarterback I, I think that that's that's an issue um so yeah i mean i don't know if there's a left tackle like i just have not been paying attention to the draft recently a lot going on for me outside of football but um i don't know if there's a a left tackle that's going to be there in the top 10 or around 10 that's that's worth getting um i'd be okay with any of cornerback edge left tackle um cornerback might make sense there there's going to be some very good cornerbacks in this draft yeah exactly isn't like sauce what's the name sauce, sauce? gardner is he's projected to go right around that spot Derek stingley from lsu is a really good prospect who's had some injuries left tackle jacksonville franchise right at the trade king right after this got announced jacksonville franchise cam robinson again and a lot really? of people were expecting them to take a left tackle number one overall. So I think if they're franchising Cam Robinson, I don't think they're going to draft the left tackle. So there's a couple guys that are supposed to go in the top six. Carolina's a team that's been linked to offensive line, the Giants, the Jets. So I don't know if a left tackle will necessarily make it down to nine, but there's going to be a, a handful of pass rushers. And I think that's where your pass rusher now comes from. Well, I mean, you're just going to you have a shit ton of money to spend now, like even more than you did. I just, I still think it makes sense to move on from Bobby one way or the other, which is going to free up more money and some of the other players. We talked about other players that can move to to free up space. I think that I think that they do extend DK. I think there's an assumption that DK and Russ were just like thick as thieves. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he's that, that didn't about seem it. that way last year, and they certainly weren't on the same page. And so, I think that. 
DK Metcalf is much more likely to be signed to an extension now than, than before this trade. And another thing is Gerald Everett's probably not coming back. Gerald Everett. So, all right. And that's what I was thinking. So like, so you're going to save the money from Russell this year. It's 11 million, which isn't a ton, but you think about yeah. long-term deal. You saved a bunch in future cap. You could push the cap hit around as you need to. You potentially don't need to sign Dwayne Brown now, which is 10 to 15 million, depending on if you get your left tackle in the draft. Yeah. You don't need to sign Gerald Everett, which was seven to nine million. Yeah, I mean, um, that's he's out. Um, so where do you like now? We got to look at like the free agency market again and say, yeah. okay, now you've got a lot more money to spend. Um, personally, like I would still be good with them bringing back DJ Reed, Sidney Jones, more affordable options. Yeah, it's not young, it's not young 25. Players. Yeah, bring those guys back have Trey Brown, you know, come back from his injury, hopefully slide in a nickel. I would be okay with them signing Quandre. You know, I, it's not my first choice, but I'd be okay with it. I think he's a good leader and, you know, young enough to still make an impact. Um, but then I think you gotta, like, you gotta go after edge rush. I would think maybe, maybe. Uh, I think the edge rush is going to come to the draft. I think that's, that's right. I mean, that's the bit depth of the draft. So, because now you have two high seconds, you got the top 10 pick, and edge rushes. You have Dunlap, Taylor, Robinson. You really just need to drop one guy in there. And I think with the way their draft set up now, I think that's good. I think one of the things they're learning is probably that they couldn't get Chandler Jones or Bondo. I bet you that was part of the factor in this trade. You think so? I, well, I think here's what I think. I think if they didn't sign a big pass rusher and it came out that offseason it wasn't very strong, I think Russell would have asked for a trade. So, News coming out from Albert Breer the Washington Commanders offered high picks in the next three drafts to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson, but it became apparent to the Commanders that Seattle preferred to trade him out of the M NFC. Would Russell have approved a trade to, to Washington? Well, another thing that you know better than anyone, would John Schneider have wanted to give Russell to Dan Snyder? That's a great, yeah, great point. I mean, uh, I think that factors. He had I a very, that's, yeah. That's a, that's he a wants really to get that guy out of a hole. So, so for folks that don't know, I mean, John Schneider did work in Washington uh, back in the day. It was one of his one early front office jobs and had a pretty horrible experience there. And so I think Jeff's just referring to relationships do drive the business, even in the NFL. And not unlikely that Schneider's like, I'm not going to give you Russell, but um, I, I find it. Like, if I'm Russell Wilson, do I want to go to that franchise? Um, I mean, they, they do have – they're kind of a quarterback away. I mean, they've got a – although their defense was horrible this past year. Yeah, no. Denver makes so much more sense. Um, trading him out of the NFC is interesting. Like That seems so short -sighted. That's more important than getting your maximum return? Like, yeah, that seems – that You can build your team? That seems idiotic if that's their thinking. And then the thing I'm thinking about, this is not a Seahawks issue, but – 
Russ now goes from the best division in the NFC to the best division in the AFC, where the whole thing has been legacy and trying to win more. You now have to play Mahomes and Herbert for the next five years. Like, it's not getting any easier. I know they have a pretty good offensive roster with Jerry Judy and Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton, but there's not a lot of guys who take the take it off the top. Those are more possession route running receivers. I'm very curious to see how things go for him and Denver because I don't know if that's a better situation offensively than what he had in Seattle. So I'm going to be very curious. Someone like Tyler Lockett just fit him so well. They do not have receivers like that. Those are more big, burly. Not our problem anymore, but I'm very curious. That's obviously every Seahawks fan going to be watching that. Yeah, I mean, I wish Russell. I wish Russell well. I really do. I mean, he's going to be. That's, that's not a division for the faint of heart. Going against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and I mean Derek Carr, but whatever. Um, that's a that's a that's a serious division right now, and that the AFC in general. He's got Josh Allen as well. I'll be totally honest. I wouldn't be betting on Russell in the AFC against like, I, I would, I would take almost any of those guys over other than Derek Carr for sure, but um, over Russell and this would be a great chance for Russell to prove folks like me wrong that he, he was held back and that he can carry a team and lift the team up. Like this is, this is his chance for his legacy. So I think this is what he's wanted. This all eyes are going to be on him. There are no excuses at this point anymore. Like none. Evan just sent a tweet to the group from a Denver reporter that says that Tyler Lockett is now on the market as well. I don't know. I don't know the credibility of that guy, but that would make sense also. Tyler Lockett really was uniquely fit to Russell Wilson. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what happens with him too. I'm not shocked that he's on the market, I guess. I I don't I don't totally agree with you on the unique fit to Russell. I think what what Tyler was great at with Russell is being able to adjust to Russell's improvisations. And so he could break routes off and he he was like he could find open spaces in the defense that were ad hoc and and just some things that he you know he knew Russell would find him. But I think he just is a really good receiver that um, is very instinctual and found ways to work with Russell. I think he could be even better with a quarterback that throws rhythm passing, timing patterns, and can throw the deep ball. You know what? Um, that's, that's a good point. So I, I just think we saw what he could do with Russell. Um, but, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I'll say that the other the, the other area of strength of this draft is wide receiver. I don't see them doing that at nine, but that could be one of their second round picks. Well, there was a rumor a few days, or maybe yesterday, that the Seahawks were in the market for a pricey second, like like additional receiver, right? That might explain that then. So, I mean, maybe they're moving Lockett and they've got their eye on somebody else. Maybe they're going to go after Godwin or, you know. Alan Robinson, who knows? Yeah. Um it's so hard to wrap my head around this right now. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those things where everyone's going to really focus on, man, he's worth more than that. They really blew it. Um, 
you know, I always these things uh, seep after, and you know, you kind of think about it for a while. I think my guess is going to be that they didn't have much wiggle room of where to move him, and yeah. that this now the Washington thing is a is interesting. That 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 if that's real, then we don't know the details. But if they could have gotten three first round picks, and they took this instead. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that's hard for me right now. I, I was okay with them trading Russell, to be honest. Like, I was on the phone with my buddy this morning. He's a huge Colts fan. And he was kind of, like, trying to sell me on the idea of, like, how hard it for you to trade would it be for you to, like, accept a Russell trade? I was I was open to one. I just thought three first-round picks, players, set your team up for the future. There's no point of kind of being stuck in the middle of being good but not good enough and then having to pay the guy next year. So I was fully like, okay, with the trade of Russell. I thought the Seahawks, I just didn't think what happened this year because I didn't think of Notch in a bad quarterback draft. But like, I think the return is what everyone's going to focus on. That Washington report does not help things. But again, we don't know how much Russell was in control. And I, I, I just saw a report that the Seahawks didn't need to be pushed to do this trade from Russell's side. I think they were more amenable, sort of what you've alluded to all year. They were more amenable to doing this than what many fans would have expected. Yeah, I mean, Pete and John, <laughs> it's going to be a really interesting storyline for them yeah. and for their careers. Like, uh, they came to Seattle and built the team up from nothing. To a Super Bowl team, um, one of the best rosters in NFL history, really. Like it was an amazingly talented roster. Um, but this is going to be what I think a lot of people will remember them for. And there's not a lot of examples of coaches and GMs trading their franchise quarterback. And then coming back and being contenders again. Like there are remarkably few examples. I think Joe Gibbs is one of the only guys I've seen when I look back through history that had multiple different quarterbacks that he went to Super Bowls with. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. So, I mean, Bill Belichick parted ways with the best quarterback that's ever played had a really bad year the first year and then got his quarterback and started to make the climb back last year. Like, I don't know. I I think the odds are certainly against Pete and John here. I think they're really against Pete and John here. And uh, they happen to also be in a division that is stacked. So Oh my God, God help me if they end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> no, it's not happening. That's not happening. I think their options are really, I think it's draft someone, sign a stopgap, or like I think the most far fetched scenario is Deshaun Watson, but that's who that could be months away. They, they, they have, in his legal situation has to sell itself. And why would you trade all this capital? just give it away for a guy on the fringes of 
but I mean, drafting a rookie, like a rookie quarterback and expecting to contend with that. <laughs> no, I think it's nuts. Like I, that, that just doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, you're not going to get another Russell and anyway, like maybe they, maybe there's someone that they really like, maybe like I have not, I just have not paid attention. So I can't, I can't speak with any confidence about this, but um, maybe they think they found that there's a guy there. Maybe Malik Willis or one of these other guys is someone they think can be a star and everyone else is just sleeping on him. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's well, the whole offseason just become so fascinating now. They went from having a very clear situation to like if they release Bobby, which they probably should at this point. Now they're gonna have what? That's another eleven. There'll be another twenty-seven million dollars for them to spend this year. I am bracing for them to keep Bobby. Keep them in an extension, or yeah, I mean, Evan talked about different ways that they could do things with him. But that will lower his cap number anyway. Yeah, he, he's held in such high regard, and I think it would be the wrong move to be honest. I mean, I've, I've been clear on that. I think they should use the money elsewhere, but um, you want to come back. That's the, that's the big question. Cause like you're seeing reactions from players now. Diggs posted a little thing, Trey Brown, <laughs> they're reacting just like we are. So it would be so much easier if, if the package was better than it is. That's the thing. Like it would have been like, if they got three first round picks, Patrick Sertan, and no offense, I would commend them. Yep. That'd be a great trade. They got two second rounders, which maybe that equals one first in their mind from the trade chart, but I don't know why they got a 30-year-old defensive lineman, Drew Watt. That's uh, like uh, yeah, that 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 part it just seems idiotic. I don't get that at all. So how did we get here, Jeff? How did we get to Russell being traded? In the end, is the storyline that you see like I, I just I'm gonna leave it open ended. Yeah. How do you think we got to this point? Uh it's it's a complicated question. I think from from the Seattle side, like where where things got from this is things we've talked about. They, they've done a poor job of roster management. Jamal Adams trade is one that gets talked about a lot. And now with the direction of the franchise looks extremely foolish and extremely dangerous. Um, Their drafting hasn't been good enough. Their free agency has been pretty bad. I know there's been stories about some of their free agency moves. It's been essentially years of bad personnel decisions that's left the team limited. And from Russell's side, Russell has always had a different image. Russell considers himself, and we talk about this a lot, like a Peyton Manning, like a Aaron Rodgers. And he's under the impression that the coaches and the team are holding him back. I think that comes from his camp. I think that comes from how he thinks. And to be fair, like that's how you have to think as a great athlete. But there are signs that we've seen in the last few years that maybe that's not the case. Maybe he's a tier or two down from that. And so having that image issue of I should be playing like Patrick Mahomes, but I'm being held back by either coaching or drafting 
it led to a relationship that was just trending nowhere. And with the contracts, the way quarterbacks are going, you saw what Aaron Rodgers got. It's going to be $50 million. Russell's got one year left in his deal. If Seattle doesn't view him as that kind of player, trading him makes a lot of sense because pay $50 million when they haven't really had success. But uh, yeah, I think it's a, an issue on both sides where Seattle just hasn't drafted very well. A lot of people are going to pin this on the coaching. I see that as a much smaller issue. I, I know everyone's going to be like, well, if we hired Nathaniel Hackett like they did, we could have kept Russell. I know that's going to be the common sentiment. And I get that, and that probably is true. But really, I think I see many, many other issues. If they had drafted well and they put the team better and maybe Russell would have played better. And they just never found a way to make it work these last few years. But Russell thought he should have been – they had that let Russ Cook thing, and then he fizzled down the stretch. And last year he got injured, and frankly, he played like shit a lot of last year. So we got to be honest. I can see why you might not buy into his future and why you might want to maximize your return on him. That was my point with my buddy this morning. Like, if you know you're not going to pay him, maximize the return now where with Rodgers off the table, you you control the market. That's why I thought if you could have traded him, you could have got a massive return. But I guess not. Um so I get why this has happened. I think there's been faults all across the board. And it's going to be really curious for a lot of Seahawks fans to see how Russell does do with a more offensively driven football team and with better players around him. Because Denver's got very good talent across their roster. It's going to be very curious to see how they perform now. Bond yeah. Back there. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And <laughs> uh yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that because it'll answer so many questions and it'll, it'll give us a, so much more clarity on let's, I mean, let's play it out where if Russell goes there and is essentially the same player, Pro Bowl level quarterback, you know, great deep ball thrower, puts up, you know, efficient numbers, all that kind of stuff, but finishes second in that division um each year maybe third yeah. uh doesn't get a playoff victory or maybe only gets one over it's the first it's gonna be hard to win playoff games though. then i guess if that happens which i'm telling you that's my expectation i think he'll still be good i think they'll be a good team i don't expect them to win a super bowl um uh, no you got mahomes Burrow, Josh Allen, Herbert. I think I'm missing some. The Titans are pretty good. To win the NFC has been freaking hard. Yeah. The AFC is hell right now. They got a good team, but like, God, it's going to be hard. To win. Josh Allen won one playoff game this year. He had one of the best seasons we've seen from a quarterback in a long time. Well, even then, like, I think – I think part of my point is there'll be this tendency to say, Hey, if they, if they had Russell and they'd gotten a new coach that the Seahawks would have been way better off. And a lot of this comes back to what better off for you means. Like we, you and I've talked about this, like there's folks, Nathan, for example, we, we have totally different perspectives on what success looks like, you know, He'd be fine if they were winning and, and getting into the playoffs each year, even if they didn't get to the Super Bowl and they didn't win a ring. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. Like, 
if your ceiling is is just NFC Championship, even like I, that, that's fun. It's better than being in a really crappy Lions team, but. I want to have a team that has a real chance to win it all. And you have to have supreme talent to do that. I would just say that depending on how things go with Russell, I think we'll have a better idea. But my expectation is even if you had gotten a new quarterback, a new uh, coach who was very offensive minded um, and really smart, I, I don't think the Seahawks were clear Super Bowl contenders that way either. Um, so this is a bigger swing. I think this is a bigger swing than bringing in a new coach. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And there's the potential that they end up with a more talented roster. That's what this path is about. This path oh, is about no, we're yeah. not going to bet everything on the quarterback. We are going to get acquire as much young talent as we can throughout the roster, and then we're going to bring in a quarterback to complement it. That's this path. Yeah, John Schneider and Peter are essentially betting on themselves because there's going to be a lot of skepticism in their ability to, to bring in talent. They've done such a bad job with it, but these are the highest pick. This is the highest pick they've had since year one of the program. So, man, my God, there's going to be draft night. It's going to be a stressful night for Seahawks fans. I bet there's going to be a lot of Seahawks fans swearing off the team right now. I got a few texts like that from people I talked to. But well, the timing's uh, fascinating, Jeff. Yesterday was season ticket renewals went out. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Literally the day before. That's interesting. And I got to tell you, Jeff, for a lot of reasons, the first time in the 25 years I've lived here that I thought about it, I was like, do I really want to renew? Do you have any regrets now? I still haven't done it. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, that's more just like I've got other things that are higher priority. Yeah. I'll probably renew for this year, but um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And I think if I'm thinking about it, <laughs> you could damn well be sure a lot of people are. Yeah, my phone is not a good place right now. Based yeah. on the I'm getting. But yeah, it's just, I would have loved to see just my whole thing with the rebuild thing too. It's like, I, I would have been totally okay with it if we had another general manager or a different coach. You can see them reshape their own roster. Man, Pete and John are putting a they're essentially putting their legacy on the line because they are. Yeah, like they have that Super Bowl. Some people will always hold that. But if they kind of screw this thing up, they're gonna tarnish their legacy with a lot of people in the city. And man, I, I do not envy those guys right now. This is a hard sell. Well, I mean, that's most likely what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it is so rare to win. I mean, the best team in the NFL did not win a Super Bowl this year. The second best team in the NFL no, did not win a Super Bowl five. this year. Yeah. Right. So I just, uh, I, you know, I think the likelihood that the Seahawks are going to turn this into a Super Bowl contending team in the next two to three years is super low. Like, I mean, that's just, it doesn't happen very often. And so huge gamble. This is, to me, this is the equivalent of throwing it at the one yard line. Mm -hmm. Nobody would have, people argued that play over and over and over again, right? But people have essentially said, hey, there was a lot of good 
tactical reasons why you'd pass the ball at the one yard line against that front, a bunch of other things. But here's the thing, Jeff, if you had run the ball three times with Marshawn Lynch or four times with Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line and not gotten in, there would have been questions about it, but nobody would, there would have been more credit to the Patriots for stopping them then there would have been criticism of the Seahawks for trying to shove it down. Oh, no. There would have been zero criticism. So this is the, the safe path was you keep Russell Wilson and you win and maybe you never get much better than you are right now, but people aren't going to criticize you for doing that. They're choosing to throw it at the one-yard line. Didn't work out the first time. It's funny. And the Rams won the Super Bowl throwing from the one-yard line this year. No one seemed to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. They never, they never choose the easy path. These guys, they do not make things easy on themselves. They always, well, I I wonder what your take on this tweet is. Bobby Wagner just tweeted out, Sherm is a prophet. What do you think? What do you, I, I, I don't know. know. Sherm's like been so on, doing podcasts and stuff, but. Does he mean what, like Bobby's getting out of there? Does he mean like they've lost it? Is that a rough shot? Well, it's really unfortunate that he spelled it the wrong way. I know. What? Um, I'm so curious what he means. But uh, look, I mean, there's no, there's no love lost in that LOB, former LOB locker room, not just on defense, but on offense uh, for Russell Wilson. Like, not that they hated him or whatever, but um i think that a lot of them felt like he got way more share of a credit than he deserved and that they carried him in many ways and and made up for some of his failings in a lot of ways and so um whether we agree with that or not or anyone else agrees with it you know that that's that's what i think happened there i don't know what sherm i mean I don't know what Sherm predicted. Who knows? Sherm says a lot of things, but uh, there's also we're getting from from Dana. There's a tweet from Ben Standig that the Washington offer included. It says high draft picks. Doesn't say, but 22, 23, and 24. Um, yeah, so we'll assume that that's first round picks, but we don't know for sure. Um, Do you know what picks what, what pick was Washington this year? They are pick 11. Denver's okay, so they were lower than Denver's pick this year. Yeah. All right. So a couple of things we've learned. Denver had two second round pick this year. Seattle's getting Denver's – one of them is the Rams pick, the last pick of the second round. That pick is staying with Denver. Seattle will get Denver's pick, so they're going to have back-to-back picks in the second round. And then the other second rounder is coming next year. So they're going to have a first and second next year from Denver. And then, so this year's draft where they look pretty light, they now have ninth overall pick. They have three picks in the top 41. They're going to pick 40 and 41 or 39 and 41. I can't remember the numbers. And then they're going to have a third and two high fourths. So, my God, this is an important draft. Because next year they're getting a one and two from Denver, but Denver will probably make the playoffs. So those picks are not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> another thing that would really change this trade is if is if we, we want somehow, Russell Wilson to get injured. Yeah. Yeah. If if 
if Russell doesn't play well or something else goes wrong and they don't, you know, I think that's unlikely, but um, maybe a Jamal Adams type situation happens, you know, and they end up with another, another decent pick or, which is what I was looking for in the first place, or they go with like a Drew Locke or a Gardner Minshew at quarterback this year. And the Seahawks end up with another top 15 pick that this year is a is a rebuilding year it's like the mac jones the precursor it's the tom brady leaves year for the patriots mm-hmm. but this year is the down year they acquire some talent but they hopefully end up with a top 15 pick next year and maybe two top 15 picks who knows yeah well i wonder like what, what do you do with jamal adams right now I don't know why that question comes up. You, why? Wait, why? I'm just you, curious. Like you, you just signed him to an extension, yeah. right? And this guy was. I mean, I know everybody's just so down on him that he was a first team All Pro twice. Yeah, first team. Like, oh no, I have no problem with him. I just wonder if you're. Are you rebuilding? Are you trying to build your defense? Oh, he's still young. Yeah, and I think I think he comes back, and I think that we've talked about it once. Now that you've got Sean Desai and Carl Scott owning your secondary and Pete's admitted that they're going to change the way that they play their coverages and that you've got Clint Hurt, um, you know, talking about pass rush and how they're going to use their, their linemen. And I think we, there's no doubt that the Seahawks are going to add to their edge rush. There's no doubt. No, I think that, that I think that's the most likely ninth overall pick. Then you're talking about um, Jamal Adams being a much more effective weapon as a blitzer, as a box safety, as whatever they're going to want to use them. I'm so much more confident in this defensive coaching staff's ability to, to get more out of him than they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really underrated part of what Pete was saying, that they were arrogant. And they always played the same coverages and all that stuff. And they're not going to do that anymore. And what he said to Clint Hurt, you heard all Clint Hurt's interviews, you know, he is they're going to mix and match they're not going to be attached to what they've done before well what that means is that part of the reason everyone's saying jamal adams is a bad fit in seattle is because they played single high safety and asked him to do things that just weren't good fits for what he does so um yeah i mean i i i don't think there's any questions jamal adams is part of what they they got going on and hopefully it'll be a good part of it I think it's more a matter of his health that I have questions about, um, you know, two years of him hurting ending a year with shoulder injuries and, and needing surgery uh, is not good. Yeah. This um, is just, this, this is so interesting. I did not, all indications where they weren't going to trade him. I'm stunned. Well, they, yeah. I mean, everyone's been asking me about it and I'm like, nah, um, I know there was a lot of fighting between beat writers and last year because Florio said that the way Pete Carroll was talking the other day, he was asking for that for the teams to make an offer. And Greg Bell was very upset by that. I thought it was pretty silly to come to that conclusion, but I guess they were onto something. Oh, wait a second. I got it. There's a little juiciness going on between Joe and Greg Bell. Are you seeing this? No. Okay, I got. It. I'm gonna rewind. So for people that aren't on this, this is going on on Twitter right now. Um, uh, someone tweeted uh, Charlie Clark 15. Oof, Greg, this is gonna be a rough week for you. And Greg quote tweeted and said, "If if I define by life 
my life by a game and millionaires playing it. Yes, it would. Thankfully, I do not. I've got all I need. Thanks for caring. Joe Fan responds, Greg, respectfully, you spent an entire year belittling the work and opinions of other reporters who suggested that Russ could be traded. You scoffed at every notion of the possibility with relentless sarcasm. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, was off on this one. Then <laughs> Greg Bell quote tweets that says, respectfully, Joe, I wrote and said what my reporting and sources with direct knowledge of the situation told me, and I would do it again. All else on here, this is garbage for entertainment, not journalism. Thanks. So oh, God. people's takes are, are definitely out there for, for, for airing right now. And is there any of your, your takes on this that you feel like have really been that you, you're, you're feeling like you were really wrong about? Or oh, the whole thing. I was... About? Every indication I got, and I talked to a lot of people on this in the last few weeks, said that Russell wasn't going to get traded for a couple of reasons. I thought the quarterback class was the biggest reason, being how do you replace the quarterback? What's the path to replacing the quarterback? It's always seemed to me that next year was the time to trade Russell. So I always earmarked 2023. And then the fact that they came out and Tampa said that like they were having trouble in their trade talks. Um, Washington's trade got rejected. That came out of the combine. So I'm like, okay, everything I'm hearing is right. Like I kind of belittled Florio when he got what he was, he saw the opposite. He thought the Seahawks were signaling trade. I thought that was nuts. So I was very insistent. I know a lot of people behind the scenes on Twitter had we've been going back and forth talking about different stories if they made sense. I was strongly of the belief that trade was not gonna happen. I thought all indications lined up that 2023 offseason was the trade. I thought next year's draft, which is supposed to be very good at quarterback, made a ton of sense. That Say you knew a team had a top five or ten pick, you trade into that spot, unlike a trade like this where you're trading for a future Denver first and second, but we saw with Detroit and the Rams this year, those picks are not the last pick in the draft. They got for Stafford. So I didn't think there was any match on a trade. I'm taking a huge L. I was completely wrong. I did not. When I, when I got that text today from my buddy, I was – in total shock. I mean, I was so, and frankly, I thought three first round picks was a minimum. So I was wrong about that too. I mean, yeah. there's no way there's going to be a lot of comparisons of this trade to the Jamal Adams trade. Yeah. I mean, two first round, that was two first round picks, a second, right? There's a second in there as well. Yeah. And it just stinks because. They would have had the ninth and the tenth pick in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's other things that stink too. I mean, they could have an all-pro center and and be well, adding that's the whole, the whole thing. Left tackle. I mean, like been, there's a lot of things that stink. Well, that's what I mean. It's been years of mismanagement that's led to this point. Yeah. Creed Humphrey is a great one because they don't have a center. They're now looking at other receivers. They 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 whiffed. Like I was actually funny enough, I was like going through some things I wrote last year. And I, I found a conversation I had with someone asking who I would have wanted last year. This was 10 days before the draft last year. Who I would have wanted if they had picked 23. That was the first pick they gave to the Jets. I found this. I wrote Creed Humphrey. 23rd. I didn't think there was a chance in hell that he would have lost it to their pick at 56 or 57. Nope. And he still passed on. 
No, no, yeah. I can't tell you, not a a day goes by, Jeff, that I don't get a tweet or a text from somebody quote, quoting like PFF or someone about how amazing Creed Humphrey is. Everyone has no problems reminding me about how much we whiff. You are the Creed Humphrey guy. Uh, Well, look, I mean, I think, I think we're going to have more information. I think we we might end up jumping on again if there's more stuff to talk about. I think um, we're at a point right now where I think we're going to have to just sit with this for a little bit and understand that an era is over. Um, one that I think we all, I'm sure there are some people that didn't like Russell as a fan for whatever reason, you know, thought he was terrible, thought he was a problem. I love watching him play. I loved, loved, loved watching Russell Wilson play on this team. I loved having a deep ball passer that was like an artist. Uh, I loved having a guy that was just a relentless competitor and often brought out his best in the, you know, biggest moments and um, was a class guy off the field. You know, there. I don't think there's much concern about him showing up on the police blotter at any point with, with something that he did. And um, so I'm going to get back to the community. There's a lot of things that I just respected about Russell and enjoyed watching him play. And it's sad that it's come to an end, but uh, end of the day, I'm a Seahawks fan. And I think one of the things that I hope, It might be really hard, Jeff, for this to happen. One of the hardest things of the past three or four years has been that Seahawks, Twitter especially, has splintered. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you were either a Russell fan or you were a Pete fan. And part of the reason I wanted a full reset is because I wanted them both gone so we could just be Seahawks fans again. Be totally honest. I'm just sick of the, the polarization. There's enough of that going on elsewhere in the world. So, well, yeah. I hope for our sake as Seahawks fans, for lots of reasons, that Pete and John do what they did before and rebuild this team. Um, The last time they had high draft picks, they used them well. People forget that. The last time that they had high draft picks, they used them well. They had building blocks. Um, Yeah, so I'm just really hopeful that, that the team ends up adding more talent, getting younger, adding more blue chip players. And then we're back to finding a quarterback. And this franchise, believe it or not, you know, everyone thinks, oh my God, we're not going to find another Russell Wilson. Seahawks should have won a Super Bowl with Matt Hasselbeck at quarterback. Yeah. You don't have to find Russell Wilson. The Rams were on with Matt Stafford last year. Like, oh no. So drafting better. Yeah. They got to start drafting better. That's the key. And they got to, you know, get back to the drawing board about bringing quarterbacks in and, and hopefully find one that, that works. So you got any closing words before we uh, wrap up for, for the time being? Yeah, it's, it's definitely sad. Like kind of, in some ways it feels like, uh, like you lost something. Russell's brought so much joy to this fan base. I can't believe that it just happened so fast that he's gone. There are a lot of Seahawks fans that became Seahawks fans because of Russell Wilson, but for better or worse, as you said, that's created 
a whole new war in the Seahawks fan base. It was almost less stressful to be a Seahawks fan during the Mike Holmgren years when no one knew they existed. But yeah, it's going to be a very polarizing next few months. Um, there's going to be a lot of people criticizing this trade. Some people are going to think it was great. A lot of people have been calling for the Seahawks to rebuild, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to try to build a better team around them. They're going to use the money to try to build the rest of the team around them. So it's the next few months, the next eight weeks, I think the drafts in seven or eight weeks tomorrow or Thursday are going to be very fascinating because the whole Seahawks team just looks remarkably different. So yeah, it's been been a crazy good run. Russell's the best pick in franchise history, getting a franchise quarterback in the middle of the third round. They needed to two Super Bowls. They should have won two Super Bowls. And they've been a good team. He's been the best player in the team for years, but really they haven't done anything with him as the best player on the team other than win one playoff game against Josh McCown. So well we talked a lot about the most likely scenario we I think we both see, which is that this could be a define, defining moment for Russell's legacy and also for Pete and John's legacy. And that, you know, most likely for Pete and John, it's not going to be a positive one on what happens here. If they do rebuild and get back to being a contending team, that would, I think, cement them as Hall of Fame level at what they do huge huge task this do it oh 100 this will absolutely define their legacy if i think if this does not go i think this goes the way everyone thinks it's going to go honestly the goodwill they build up and win that super bowl if they just let russell retire and they they were the they would have been the guys that wasted russell wilson's that's how they would have been viewed if this goes badly they're going to be the guys that traded russell too early and ruined the franchise but if they can build this back up on the other side, I think the odds are strongly against that. I know, Brian, you were saying this year that it's going to be a pretty ugly path the next couple of years. You were saying that even if Russell is going to be here. So you're not alone. If yep. these guys can turn this into a championship team, it just may, it'll make them look great. Like they could not do more to kind of change their image, bring back the legacy that they would have had if they retired in 2014. But it's going to be hard. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they have a lot of work to do to build this roster back. And I have no idea why they want to drew walk. Um, that one is hard. I, I just keep looking at that and shaking my head, but man, yeah. <laughs> again, I do not envy those guys. It's they put a huge target on their backs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already, click subscribe, click the bell to get notified because these emergency pods could be happening a lot um, now that this has happened. I think this isn't the end. I think there's likely to be more moves, more surprises. I think the Seahawks are going to be in on things that we didn't expect them to be. I think we will think of things that need to be discussed that we didn't realize needed to be discussed before. So now's the time to subscribe. Go over to patreon.com slash Join up, get immediate access to the Slack channel where this conversation is not going to stop now. It is probably just getting started. And that is where we will take patron questions. And there is still room and still ability for you to join the Ring of Honor. Uh, there's a few spots left there and we will be holding our Ring of Honor dinner uh, right around the draft at the end of April. Still working on plans there. I'm uh, going to share that with the Ring of Honor guests soon, but uh, great way to join, great chance to talk in person with folks on the Hawk Blogger crew. 
uh, and have a good dinner while we're doing it. So hope to see you online, in person, other places. And until we see you again, which might be in a few hours for all I know, uh, go Hawks and let's hope this turns out okay. Take care. Thanks for joining me.